Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whatever time you are listening to this, I would like to thank you for listening. This is the Leon West Sports Show. I've been gone for a while, but I got a great show for you today. I got a great show. Like I said, if you're if you're listening to this, if you're watching my YouTube videos, if you're watching me on Facebook, whatever it is, all the likes, all the comments, all the shares, all the subscriptions, everything is greatly appreciated. Thank you for that. So in today's show, we'll be getting into whether or not the, the uh, Cavaliers and the Warriors' dominance is bad for the NBA. Also, I'll be talking about what Boston should do with their number one pick. I'll be getting into this version of LeBron James. Is this the best version of LeBron James we've seen? I'll be getting into LeVar Ball and LeBronzo Ball's obsession with going to the Lakers. I'll be talking about Christine Leahy and LeVar Ball yesterday after they had a, uh, a falling out on the herd. I'll be getting into the Warriors versus the Spurs. Was Zaza's play dirty and what the Spurs could do to come back and make this a series? Also, Floyd, McGregor, that should be happening. Uh, McGregor has signed his end. I'll be giving you my thoughts on that and whether or not Floyd Mayweather should fight Conor McGregor. And then lastly, I'll be giving you the west side of the story on why no Eastern Conference team will beat LeBron James in the near future because of one Fatal flaw. Stay tuned for that. To start off the show, like I said, is the Cavaliers and the Warriors' dominance, dominance bad for the NBA? The answer simply is no. If you take a look back to the 80s, we had eight championships out of the 10 won by the Celtics or the Lakers. In the 90s, eight out of the 10 championships was won by the Bulls or the Rockets. And in the 2000s, if you start from 99 to 2000, uh, from 99 to 2009, if you count those years, Eight out of the championships were won by the Lakers or the Spurs. And if you count 2010, nine out of 11 Lakers or Spurs. We had no problem with the 80s, with Bird and Magic. Zero problem. We had no problem with Michael Jordan, the greatest player ever by most. Nobody had a problem with him dominating. He dominated, won six championships in the 90s. The years he didn't win... When he was in the league. The years he didn't win, the Rockets won. We had no problem with that. We loved that. That was Jordan. That was everybody wants to be like Mike. That was the greatest time ever. We want to go back to the 80s. That was the heyday. We had no problem with Shaq and Kobe dominating. We were pissed off that they that they broke up. That they broke up the squad because we wondered how many rings could they have won if they would have stayed together. We loved that. You know, the issue now is not the dominance of the, of the Cavaliers and the Warriors. It's the dominance on top of how they became dominant. In the 80s, those those guys didn't really team up. They didn't quote-unquote call each other to team up. But here's my issue with that. The, there was no reason... Like, a lot of people are upset with LeBron James because he, he quote-unquote left the Cavaliers. He couldn't win it by himself. And they like to compare it to Jordan and Magic. Jordan never had to leave the Bulls. He got Pippen after a while. You don't have to leave if help comes to you. The Lakers, I won't even get into that, the Lakers and Boston's in the 80s. There was no reason to leave those teams. Why would I leave those teams? We have no idea what any of those guys would have done if they were in a situation like LeBron. Seven to eight years in your career, and the best player you have was Zadrunas, Ilgowskis, or Mo Williams. We have no idea what Jordan would have done if he could not win in Chicago and they were not getting him help and nobody wanted to come to Chicago. You don't know what would have happened. You know? Everybody wants to say, well, he wouldn't have. He had that killer instinct. He had this, and they didn't do that, and they were they wanted to compete. These guys want to compete, but you know what the issue is? It's partly your fault as a fan, as the media. It's our fault, I'll say. We say 
LeBron can't be better than Jordan. Why? Ring count. Jordan is the greatest because he went six for six with those rings. We don't give Durant any credit. Why? Ring count. Charles Barkley, he's great, but ring count. Melo, he's great, but ring count. So if we're going to count rings and hold these superstars accountable for winning and saying winning has to matter, we can't get mad when they take it upon themselves to go somewhere where they can win. We can't have it both ways. We either need to be upset or we either need to accept that Kevin Durant is great, but he can't win a ring in Oklahoma City, but at least he's trying. We either need to accept that. Melo's great. He's putting up numbers. He just can't win a win because he a win a ring because he's in New York. We have to accept that. And if we cannot accept that, do not get mad at these superstars for teaming up and creating these super teams and making it top heavy like the league has always been in the first place. Everybody wanna talk about how deep the West is. It's the same four or five teams in the finals every year, year after year. Lakers, Spurs, Mavericks sprinkled in there, now go to state. Other than that, it's the same teams. Eastern Conference, the same thing. You got five players on the court at a time on your team. Kobe can change the game dramatically. One player can change the game dramatically. LeBron, Jordan, Shaq. They can change the game dramatically because there's so little amount of people on the court. So obviously, if you get a transcendent player, you're going to have the same teams dominating over and over. You're not upset with the dominance. The dominance is not the issue. The NBA Finals in 2015 and 16 broke ABC records for viewership. Broke it in 15 and then 16 broke 15s and I'm sure 17 will break 16's records. We don't have a problem with the dominance. The problem is how they got to be dominant. They don't like people being friendly. Man, I want to team up with the rank because I like the way he plays. People don't like to hear that. They want him to be like, I hate that guy. I want to compete with him and I, I, I wanna, I'm, I'm going after his neck. But in the same breath, if it's the same team that's winning, which, like I said, is historically what happens, we say, well, Durant ain't this, he ain't that because he ain't got rings. Jordan can never pass, uh, or LeBron can never pass Jordan because of his rings and his losses in the championship rounds. So we can't have it both ways. We can't criticize them for not winning and then get mad when they take it upon themselves to, 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 to do what they see best to win. If you want them to win, this sometimes this is what it takes. If the owners would have done it, we wouldn't have a problem with it. So it's not the dominance. The dominance is not the issue. It's how it happened. And right now, we expected more entry. I think that the NBA loved this. The NBA was wanted this from the beginning. They wanted this. They set up that Christmas Day matchup, highest rated game of the season so far. They wanted this. Cavs versus Warriors. But they didn't want 19-0, potentially both teams sweeping all the way through. They didn't want 24-0 getting to the finals. They wanted they wanted 24-8 and or whatever the case may be. They wanted some, some battles. They're not getting it. So the NBA, this is their dream, and it's becoming a nightmare because these, and as a Cavs fan, I'm going to let you know, these games are hard to watch. It's blowout after blowout. And even if it's not a blowout, we're not expecting the, the Cavs or the Warriors to lose. It's a little bit of intrigue, but in the end, we're like, man, they'll probably still pull it out at some point. And that's what's been happening. That's what's been happening. So the NBA is, they wanted this trilogy. We wanted the trilogy. I can guarantee the ratings show you and I wanted that trilogy. We just didn't want it to come this way. We wanted a little intrigue. And even as a fan of one of those teams, I say I wanted a little bit of intrigue. I don't mind the Cavs winning 12-0, but I did want a little bit of intrigue. Am I upset that there's not as a Cavs fan? No. But I can, I can see, if, if you're not a fan of the teams, I can see why this would be disappointing. So it's not the dominance. It's how it happened. And, and it's, it's, it's not the dominance, but it's how it happened in that there's very little intrigue. Even Jordan had you, gave you a little bit of intrigue every so often before he got to the finals. Never went to Game 7. But before he got to the finals, he gave you a little bit of intrigue. This is just right now, 
these two teams are clearly head and shoulders above everybody in their conferences, and they're showing it. And they're showing it. So we'll see the trilogy. It's it's it seeming like it's inevitable, but it is what it is. You're going to watch it, I'm going to watch it, and we're going to enjoy it. To say we hate the dominance means to say you want to see Portland and Indiana play for the title. Why would you want to see that? Why would you want to see Portland versus Indiana? Why would you want to see 41 and 41 versus 41 and 41 when you see Cavs Warriors part three? You don't hate the dominance. Be honest with yourself. You don't hate the dominance. You hate how it happened. You hate that Durant left his team to join the Warriors. And you hate that LeBron jumped shit both times and now he's on great teams. Because he wasn't beforehand. That's what you hate. You don't hate the dominance. Keep it real with yourself. Welcome back. Segment two. Leon West Sports Show. Leon West Show. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And uh, so... After watching last night's game, I'm 100% convinced at this point, Boston should trade their number one pick. Hear me out. I have a scenario that, as a Cavs fan, uh, would scare Cavaliers fans if this were to happen. So, imagine this. They could pick up Markel Fultz, and I guarantee you, LeBron would run through him just like he's doing right now. He would. He's a 19-year-old kid. Who's he going to stop? Kyrie? I doubt it. Who's going to stop? LeBron? I doubt it. I doubt if he could even stop J.R. Smith at this point. If. So, the Celtics have already made it clear, right, that they want Gordon Hayward. This is ex-coach from Butler. Gordon Hayward has turned into a great DN3 player. Great two-way player. Solid. One of the best in the NBA. Uh, especially as far as two guards. He can play the two or the three. My suggestion is trade the number one pick. Package maybe a, a Avery Bradley, a Jay Crowder, something to that effect. To either the the Bulls, the Knicks, or the Pacers, right? So if you trade him to the Pacers or the Bulls, you get Gordon Hayward to start at the two or the three. More of the positionless basketball that we're going to. Same thing with Paul George and Jimmy Butler. It's a great thing for 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 a positionless basketball. With Paul George or Jimmy Butler, you get a guy. You get one of those guys. Neither one of those guys are scared of LeBron. They showed that they're they're not scared to battle with LeBron. They can battle with him. They can guard him, give him fits. Can't stop him. LeBron's just one of those guys you can't stop. We've come to terms with that. Got it. Cool. Can't stop him. Get in his way. Slow him down. Make it hard for him. Make him work. Make him work on both ends of the floor. Those two guys can do that. They're not scared of him. And they will give Cleveland everything they wanted. Imagine this lineup. Isaiah Thomas, Gordon Hayward, Paul George, or Jimmy Butler, Al Horford, and whatever other big man they decide. That is about as formidable a four in the Eastern Conference that you can have as far as beating LeBron. You got two guys that are interchangeable that could guard LeBron and Gordon and Butler or, or George. I can't imagine Paul George not staying there if they beat LeBron. He wants to win, so he says. Everybody's 100% sure he's going to the Lakers. Why go to the Lakers if you want to win? You don't want to win if you go to the Lakers. You want to go home. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You want to be home. If you're Paul George and you say, I want to win, but I'm going to go to L.A., you just want to be home, which is fine. It's L.A. I can't knock anybody for wanting to be in L.A. I would love to live in L.A. Trust me. But if you want to win, you don't go to L.A. You try for this trade to Boston, especially if they get Gordon Hayward. You've already, Paul George has already come out and said he would love to play with Gordon Hayward. If that were to happen, Paul George goes to Boston. I think he signs the extension. But the best option is obviously here, Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler's already signed. 
Jimmy Butler is not afraid of LeBron. He's about the same size. He can score. He has defense. He'll help Isaiah Thomas. And if you got Gordon Hayward on top of that, those are two of the best uh, two-way, uh, two, three guard, or two, or two or threes, like the the two guard or small forwards in the league, those two, Gordon Hayward and Butler. You get that, you get Isaiah Thomas, you're going to run through the East. The only, only resistance you'll have is the Cavaliers. I think they got to get rid of this first-round pick, and I think it's a no-brainer. But the only way you get rid of it is if you get Paul George, Jimmy Butler, or Carmelo. Carmelo adds that extra score where people can't focus so much on Isaiah Thomas like the Cavs did, like Washington did. He struggled mightily. Even though they're winning, Isaiah Thomas is struggling for the most part. He's had a few good games in those series, but he's struggling for the most part. That height is starting to catch up with him. You get your Carmelo, somebody who can score, PG-13, Another person who could score, same thing with Jimmy Butler, take a little bit of attention off of Isaiah Thomas, and that would be great. I think getting Gordon Hayward and one of those other wings makes them uh, uh, the third best team in the league easily. Easily. And they give the Cavaliers everything they can handle. LeBron would have fits with that lineup. I promise you that. Not to say they will win, but LeBron would have fits with that lineup. I think the best they think best thing for Boston to do is to get rid of that first first overall pick. I mean, the first overall pick is overrated for the most part anyway. Top two picks are overrated. Overrated. You can look at the history of it. They're overrated. Um, and and like I said, they, they might not be able to beat LeBron. And that might be a while before somebody does that. I'll get into that a little later on in the show. Because this might be the best version of LeBron that we've seen. Yes, this might be. At, in year 14, age 32, this could be the best version of LeBron James that we have seen. Scratch that. He's 31 right now. 14 years in. And here's why. He's efficient. He's been doing all of this for years. But now he's efficient. Very efficient. 56% from the, 56% from the floor. 45 from deep, from deep. And if you look at his last four games, he's shooting 85% from the free throw line. And in the last three, he's shooting 89. That was always the knock. LeBron can't shoot free throws. If there's one flaw in LeBron James' game... Early on, it was three-point shooting. Now he's kind of figured that out. Then it was free throw shooting. Now, this is a three- or four-game stretch, so I'm not getting ahead of myself here. I understand that. But if LeBron... I, I, I told somebody else this. If LeBron shoots 89 90% from the free throw line in the finals, if you look at that Golden State Warriors roster, there's no rim protectors. Draymond Green does a good job getting a few blocks here and there. Same thing, Kevin Durant. Size, I might get one or two. Same thing with JaVale. They might get blocks here and there, but there's no rim protectors. Back in the day, JaVale McGee was a rim protector. Now he's not a rim protector like he used to be. There's no rim protectors. He's going to attack the rim, and he's going to get fouled. He's going to shoot 8 to 12 free throws per game. And if he's shooting it at a 90% clip, give him his fourth ring right now. If you're telling me LeBron can shoot 56% from the floor, 45 from deep, and 90 from the line. Give him the ring right now. Period. You can't stop that. What can you do with that? LeBron is on another level right now. If you've seen him the past two series, he is toying. Toying. Look, he, Abaka, he's, he's spinning the ball. He's spinning the ball twice. He spins it. He's spinning the ball in his hands. Spinning it. Uh, pull up. Three. No problem. No problem, no resistance. He is having so much fun. He's grabbing beers on the sideline versus Toronto. He's, I mean, if you look at the Boston game, he is turning around. Kelly Olynyk switches off whoever the big man is. He's turning around looking at the bench like, do you see this? 
He's taking a couple dribbles. They're not coming out to pressure him. Nothing. He's turning around. He's sizing him up, and he's going downhill easy layup. He is having so much fun. So much fun. And this is what's, what's crazy is we said this will happen. We said if LeBron James ever gets this ring for Cleveland, he's going to play so much more loose or more loose or yeah, so much more loose than we've ever, ever seen him. As great as he is, we knew he was riled up to get that first ring. Now that he's got it for Cleveland, there's nothing else he could do to change your perception. If you don't think he's better than Jordan at this point, you probably never will. He could win six rings, go to ten finals, nine in a row, win six of them. And you would say he's still not better than Jordan because he lost or because he went to Cleveland this way. He left that way. Whatever the case may be, you would say he's not better because you don't want him to be. So there's nothing else he could do. And now he knows that. Now he's chasing him in his own head. LeBron, I'm sure, has a plateau for himself. He has a bar set that if I get past this, I'm better than Jordan, regardless of how you feel. That's in his head. I can guarantee you that right now. In his Hall of Fame speech, regardless of what we think, if he gets to whatever plateau is in his head, he always says he has his motivations, and he'll tell us later. When he gets to his Hall of Fame speech, I can guarantee you, if he reaches some plateau, he'll tell you, I thought I was better than Jordan after I did dot, dot, dot. I don't care what y'all thought. Because like I said, if you don't think LeBron is better than Jordan at this point, you probably never will. And that is okay. That is okay. Just respect the greatness. We always want to compare. Just respect the greatness. We didn't have Jordan forever. We won't have LeBron forever. Forever. Respect what he's doing. Enjoy what he's doing. Because this is some of the greatest basketball you have ever seen. Period. Welcome back. Leon West Show here again. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Um, so my next two topics center around the Ball family, who are turning into the Kardashians of basketball. Uh, whether you like it or not, they're intriguing. You want to watch. <clears throat> you want to hear what LeVar Ball has to say, crazy or not. That's just the way, that's just the way it is. Can't blame you. Um, my, my, I've been on the fence so much about LeVar and Lonzo. And my thing with LeVar has always been, I, I at some points I was like, I like what he's doing. At certain points I'm like, maybe he should slow down. But now I'm just completely, I'm on the bandwagon. Here's why. He's empowering his children. Now, as I said before, I don't think you should tell your son he's better than LeBron James before he plays a game in the NBA. That's just not smart, honestly. I mean, you could say hey, you got potential to be better than LeBron. Be, try to be better than LeBron. Try to be better than Jordan. As he said, somebody's got to do it. Why not you? I'm all, I'm all, I'm all, I'm all for that. But to be to tell your son, hey man, I know you're. This is not lines I'm talking about. He's talking to his other two. You're you're both three star prospects, but you're better than LeBron right now. That's just not realistic thinking. You know what I'm saying? That is a little outlandish. But to say you can be better than those guys, I have zero issue with that. None. Everybody has an issue with the price of his shoe. Granted, $500 is a little, little excessive for my pockets. But as he said, Nike would have exploited him if he was great. Adidas would have exploited him if he was great. Under Armour would have exploited him if he was great. Why not keep it in the family? Why not build our empire so when we're done playing basketball, we don't have to worry about going bankrupt, which 
50% of athletes who make a million a million bucks a contract do in the first place. Why not try to set ourselves up for the future? If you're going to buy a shoe from my son, why not make it be his own shoe? Like you said, it's just new. You're not used to this. I got no problem with it. The prices are a little excessive, but I got no problem with it. Here's my issue, though. They came out recently. One of their sources said, we're not, we're not trying out for anybody, working out for anybody but the Lakers. I get it. It's the hometown team. The Lakers are like the Cowboys. Regardless of how bad or good they are, you want to play just because that allure of being a Laker or being a Cowboy. I get all that. It's the hometown team. I get that as well. But you you tell us all the time. Now, this is, your, this is Lonzo. I just want to be in the league. Your dad has come out and quoted you saying that as well. Yeah, Lonzo just wants to be in the league. Well, if you just want to be in the league, who are you to tell Boston, hey, Boston, I'm not working out for you? What? If we want to pick you, who are you to tell us if you just want to be in the league? Who are you to be ungrateful like that? Now, say pick number two comes around. Don't see it happening, but pick number two comes around. The Lakers don't pick you. Now, who picks you without seeing a workout? Who picks you knowing that you might have character flaws? A big ego. Who wants to pick? I mean, granted, you're a transcendent talent, so people will probably pick you regardless. But nobody wants to deal with that, that diva mentality. And you haven't made an NBA basket. Not even in a summer league. He doesn't have that type of pull to say who he, who he is or is not going to work out for. If they ask you for a workout, you work out for him. I understand they got this fascination with playing for the Lakers. And like I said, I get it. It's the hometown team. It's the Lakers. I get that. But you can't tell these other teams, I'm not going to work out for you. We just we want to go to the Lakers. I'm going to speak it into existence. I get all that. I'm with all that. But this is just this becoming too much. It's becoming way too much. Lonzo Ball hasn't even made a jump shot yet. And I pray to God he's good. I like Lonzo. I think he's going to be dope. I think he's almost a zero bust factor because I think regardless, you don't lose your ability to pass. You don't lose your ability to shoot. Usually what happens in the NBA is the game speeds up. Like LeVar said, he plays better when the game is faster. He's been playing, playing fast his whole life. You look at UCLA, it was averaging about 90 points last year. They played at a higher, a faster pace than just about everybody in the nation. High school, same thing. Even though they played that cherry pick style, they played a fast pace. So he's right. The pace is not going to change. I think, like I said, his passing ability is going nowhere. He can still shoot unorthodox or not. He can shoot. I like Lonzo. I think he has a zero bust factor. I like what his dad is doing for him, getting his business set up. And I think if Lonzo Ball plays well, those shoe prices will drop and people will buy the shoe. And, the, and if it is still owned by his father and him, they will make a lot of money off of that someday. Because I think LeBron, Le, uh, Lonzo Ball would be, be great for the Lakers in their style that Luke Walton wants to adopt. I think that would be great. Um, <clears throat> honestly, I'm eager to see it. You're eager to see it. Don't kid yourself. As much as you sometimes you think LeVar is too much or whatever the case may be, you're eager to watch whether you want to see him implode or whether you want to see him succeed. You are so eager to watch what goes down in L.A. If Lonzo goes to L.A., you're so eager to watch what happens next year. Now, like I said, LeVar Ball has been controversial. That's that's He's been saying controversial things from... You know, uh, from the start, and uh, he's made no. He's 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 let you know. I'm gonna say what I want to say. I'm gonna do what I want to do. If you ask me a question, I'm gonna tell you how I feel. Period. So, he went on Colin Cowherd's show yesterday. The Herd on FS1. Christine Leahy, the co-host, 
Um, she usually just does the news, gives her opinions every so often. Uh, I won't get my opinion on her. That's not my place. But nonetheless, uh, LeVar Ball and her and Christine had a, a little spat earlier in the week. Uh, Christine said some things about LeVar that he didn't take too kindly to. And when he came on a show, he let her know about it. Here's a clip. There. All three sons, you got. you have kids. How rare is it that all three kids want to do the exact same thing? They're being forced to do it. They're being told, you will start basketball at age six, like Lonzo told us. And whenever you asked him a question, I think he said, what, five words? And he looks terrified whenever he's talking. I asked, have you ever had a disagreement with your father? And he said, no. And everyone at this table, we know, you at one point or another disagree <laughs> with your parent, unless you're afraid to disagree with your parent. And what I he saw to me for... looks like he's terrified to go against anything his father says. Us. Have you sold any shoes yet? Yeah, I, I've sold a, a good amount to me. Like I said, there's different amounts. How um, many? Stay in your lane. Anyways, I don't even worry about her over there. Every Why time not? she scares me to death. Kind of she says she scares Lonzo. Lonzo's scared of me. She scares I me. That's I'm why I don't look that way. I don't look over there because she scares me. Well, I'm thinking no, I, of Saul right now. I'm just trying. I'm, Leave I'm, me alone. Uh, uh, I'll tell you four, five hundred oh. pairs. So she's a reporter. Her job is to probe. She can report to whoever she want behind her. What's, I'm talking I, what is, to you, Colin. Well, what's your what is your problem with me? Hey, my problem is you are a hater. Why? Are I you would a hater? never wear a big baller shirt. But no, good. I didn't Don't say even that. talk to me. But I heard you say it. I'm not even worried about. I said that I wouldn't wear something that it like says a woman. big baller. It's the same thing. Yeah. With I, all due respect, I, you're a great reporter, just not reporting on me. I have a right to say what you shirt I right. would and wouldn't wear. Uh oh, welcome to big baller zone. Well, no, no well, I think I, I actually was, was saying offensive. it as like a point. No, to I didn't her say, it is. No, 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 no. Oh, I didn't you say tell it was offensive. I didn't say it was offensive. Yeah. I just said, you know, if you want to, you know, work with Nike, Adidas, and Under Armour to maybe have something that appeals to women. Oh, I thought that yeah. was a legit. I mean, I don't have okay. to agree, but She's I thought that was a pretty good point. I don't agree point. with her. I don't agree. But with I thought her. it was a good no, point. No, I'm actually saying it as like a point of advice. I'm not friends with her. I don't. I don't. I don't even see that. I don't even see it. I wasn't saying it as like I. I would never wear this. What's this show about again? Ain't we talking about shoes? I don't want to talk about all that. Next. Well, uh, well I, I think in order to have a successful company, you're going to have to have women who like your brand. Uh, no, yeah, if you have a women's company. But anyways. Oh, so we're you're not about, marketing We're women. talking about big baller brand. Okay. So as you can hear there, it was pretty upsetting for the ball to sit there, LeVar Ball, to have to sit there and listen to what she said. So when he came on a show, he was like, I'm not trying to hear it from you at all. You, listen, anything we do Something that we take pride in. Obviously, you're going to take pride in your kids. Something you take pride in your work. I take pride in this podcast. If you 100% disrespect this podcast and then you try to come to me and have a friendly conversation, I'm not going to be for it. If you have your opinion, you see what I'm saying? And you're just like, I just don't like it. I'm not feeling it. All right, cool. But if you're coming in bashing it, that guy's an idiot. I don't know what he's talking about. I hate him. Yada, yada, yada. He's doing a horrible job. This just sucks. You, you, you. At some point, I'm going to take offense to those things. And then when we have a conversation about it, I'm going to let you know. You're like, I'm not going to come up to you. You're not just going to be able to come to me, sweep that to the side. Like, well, so how, how's the podcast doing? How are your numbers on YouTube? That's essentially what happened. She criticized his parenting, saying Lonzo Ball looked terrified. He's scared of his dad. He's this. He's that. She criticized his parenting, point blank, period. She doesn't like what he's doing. I think we should let Lonzo Ball talk more. I'm tired of hearing from his dad. Essentially, obviously, I'm exaggerating those words, but I can guarantee you that's probably how LeVar took it. And then I come on a show and you want to have a conversation. You want to interject. 
Like he said, I'm talking to Colin. I'm not talking, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to Colin. You stay back there. My son's scared of me. I'm scared of you. I don't even want to talk. I'm scared of you. And then she tried to play, what are you threatening me? Threaten you? Are you threatening me? No. You gotta women gotta like your brand. That's not necessarily the case. Like he said, if I had a women's brand, uh, women wear uh, Juicy Couture, whatever it's called. A lot of men don't. You think Juicy Couture's numbers are going down because men don't wear it? No. NBA jerseys, NFL jerseys, women wear them, but men wear them more often than women. I can probably guarantee you some 90, 10, 90% to 10% split. You think NFL jersey sales are going down because of women don't wear them enough? No. That has nothing to do with whether or not he respects or disrespects women. He said nothing like that. He just said, I got this big baller brand. If it was a women's company, then obviously I need women to love this product. This is mainly about basketball, a sport predominantly played by men. That's not to say women don't play or women shouldn't be interested or he's not. he doesn't care about their opinions. That's simply to say, if ma- if majority of my audience, you got to know who your audience is. If I'm a hip-hop artist, why am I worried about people who don't like hip-hop and how they feel about my music? You worry about your audience. My audience is basketball players, predominantly men. So that's the audience I'm going to worry about. And she took it to a different, completely different level after disrespecting him. And then she tried to flip the script. Are you threatening me? You don't respect women. This is the dark side of it. Ain't no dark side. Ain't no dark side. You mad at him? He got mad at you. You said some disrespectful things to him. He said something back to you. He didn't respond to you. You questioned his parenting. We are prideful people as men, as people in general. We're prideful. And you, she... I should say struck struck a nerve. You question my parents and yeah, I don't, I don't got nothing to say to you. Say you don't like me, all right, whatever. I don't like you either. But to question how he raised his children because you think his children are fearful and don't want to talk, that's questioning my parenting. I done raised three kids. I got three kids at UCLA. Scholarships, basketball. They didn't want to do it. They're forced to do this. How you know? How you know how his kids feel about basketball? Even if they were forced at a young age, you trying to tell me them kids don't love basketball at this point? That's crazy. And like I said, I think he, he maybe he could have handled it a better way, but I can't blame him for how he reacted. He didn't cuss at the woman. He just said, man, stay over there. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to you, Colin. You know what you said. Don't try to flip the script and act like you didn't do nothing wrong. You know what you said. Disrespect is met with disrespect. It's 2017. You got to learn that. I have no problems with, with, with what LeVar, LeVar Ball said to Christine Leahy. Zero.
You had, what was it, 20 minutes, 18, 18 to 20 minutes to close it out. You had a 25-point lead, 25. 25 with 20 minutes left, 18 to 20 minutes left. You couldn't get it done. That's not Kawhi. That's on you, Pop. I don't want to hear this, oh, well, if Kawhi didn't get hurt. Yeah, y'all probably would have won if Kawhi stayed in. But that's not on Kawhi. Don't blame that injury. Not with a 25-point lead. Blame game two on not having Kawhi. Y'all just didn't have it. Y'all need Kawhi. I was one of those guys who said he wasn't MVP because you guys were 8-1 without him and so on and so forth. But, hey, the Spurs need Kawhi. I'm sorry for ever disrespecting that man. I, hey, I'll admit when I'm wrong, I'm sorry for disrespecting Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard, gets my, he gets my utmost respect right now. Utmost. Without a doubt. I'm a Kawhi guy now. But my point is, you can't blow a 25 lead and blame it on one guy. Not with 20 minutes left. If that, if that injury would have happened mid-second quarter and you were up 25 and then lost it, all right, cool. Y'all had a very long time to lose that lead. Y'all had 18 minutes to hold it off. That's it, 18. Couldn't do it. That's on Pop and that's on Aldridge. I don't want to hear nothing about Kawhi Leonard if you blow a 25-point lead. But that being said, if Leonard doesn't come back, you get swept. If Leonard comes back and y'all win game three, game four will be interesting. You lose that, you lose in five. Without Kawhi Leonard, this is a sweep and it's not even close. Aldrich is petrified. All of that money for the big fella, and he is petrified. Kawhi Leonard has to come back to give the Spurs any chance, and even with Kawhi, it's about a 10 to 15% chance that they could come back and win that series in the first place. That's about it. So, honestly, um, without doing another show and giving you a prediction, it's probably going to be Cavs Warriors. The trilogy. And I can't wait. Can't wait. Also, another event that I can't wait for is this blockbuster fight that keeps being talked about between Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor. Apparently, reports have come out and surfaced that Conor McGregor has paid or signed his portion of the contract. He signed on. He's ready to fight. And all we're waiting on is Floyd Mayweather. We know how... Prima Donna Floyd can be. But all we're waiting on right now is Floyd Mayweather. I want this fight to happen. I'm going to watch just like the rest of you. I think Floyd's going to dominate it just because he's been boxing for much longer than McGregor. But in boxing, any one punch and you could be done. Granted, nobody's landed it on Floyd yet in 49 fights. But one one punch, you could be done. So obviously anything can happen. He's right. When, when uh, Floyd said that a couple weeks back, people were like, yeah, whatever. He's right. One punch, you could be done. But I want to see this fight. Two megastars. Two guys that like to talk. Two guys who like to live lavishly. Two guys who are in your face, who don't care. I want to see that. I want to see what kind of... The, my thing is, what kind of card are they going to put together? Are they putting together... Are we going to put together a boxing lineup? Are we going to do UFC lineup? Or are we going to do UFC boxing, UFC boxing? What kind of card do you set up for this type of event? You have to have a, a stellar card. You have to. This fight is going to be $100 plus on pay-per-view. $100 plus, guaranteed. Both of these guys are coming out $50 million plus, if not more than that, richer. Easily. Biggest payday in history. Easily. These are the biggest draws in in, in combat sports right now. Easily. This fight is going to do numbers. But what kind of card do you give us before we see the mega fight? What kind of card do you give us? Got to give us something good. I'm interested to see it. Like I said, I think Floyd dominates this fight. But I think Conor McGregor might look better than everybody expects. 
Uh, like like I said, like Floyd said a few weeks back, every time you see McGregor, he's knocking somebody out. He hardly ever is on the ground. He's not submitting guys. He's not arm bar, aren't putting guys in the arm bar. Uh, he doesn't choke people out much. He's swinging. He's knocking people out. He's got very quick hands. Uh, very precise with his punch, punches. I think it'll be a closer fight than people think. Uh, but I still think Floyd dominates if that even makes sense. But like I said, I'm eager to see it. I can't wait. Come on, Floyd Mayweather. Quit holding it up like you did the Manny, uh, Pacquiao fight. Go ahead and give us what we want to see. And, uh, you know, I'll be tuning in. So, to end the show, stay tuned. My next take will be the west side of the story. And it'll be why no Eastern Conference team will beat LeBron because of one fatal flaw. Welcome back. Leon West Show. Uh, took this idea from first take, ending the show with their final take. This portion for myself, this is my second one, that I've, second time I've done this. But this portion of my show is called The West Side of the Story. And today, I want to tell you why no team in the Eastern Conference will beat LeBron James because of one fatal flaw. And that flaw is fear. We've heard in recent weeks, players and coaches come out and just praise LeBron. Kyle Lowry. Nobody's closing the gap in the Eastern Conference. They got LeBron James. DeMar DeRozan, although he said it in the context of uh, we don't deal with hypotheticals, but he said, if we had LeBron James, we win the series too. Brad Stevens. I was telling you guys, I didn't think he could get any better, but he's better than I've ever seen him. Now, I get it. You have to show that man respect. You have to respect him. But you can't give him too much respect to where you fearful, you're feel fearful of him. People are playing, they're playing scared. You look at what he did to Ibaka. He spins the ball twice on a jump shot. He did a fruit a free throw routine, middle of the game. He gets fouled. He's flexing his muscle, goes to the sideline, grabs a beer, pretends to take a sip. Against Boston, every single time they switched out on him with a big man. He dribbles the ball. He looks at the bench. He probably says something to him, laughs, giggles, turns back around and is like, oh my God, you're still here. He's going downhill and there's little to no resistance trying to stop him. Outside of Isaiah Thomas's contest on that dunk attempt, nobody even attempted to make it tough on him. As I've said, the series that were competitive for LeBron uh, in his reign of terror were the series against the Bulls, where Joe King Noah didn't care. He's, I'm in your face. I want you to know I'm here. The Pacers. Danny Granger, I'm in your face. I want you to know I'm here. Lance Stevenson, I'm in your face. I'm here. I respect you. I know you're great, but I ain't scared of you. We playing basketball. We ain't fighting. You ain't Mike Tyson. We're playing basketball. I respect you, but I'm going to get in your face. I'm going to make things tough. And lately, nobody's making it tough because... They're falling back on the excuse that once they lose, they can go and tell us, the fans, the media. They can go tell the public, he's just LeBron James. What else can you do? You know who didn't take that approach? The Spurs. Yeah, he's LeBron James, but he has some flaws. We're going to play him towards those flaws. Granted, now he's not really showing many, but you got to make it tough. The Warriors, are oh, we going to make it tough for you? Granted, that first year he didn't have LeBron and, 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 and Kevin Love, 
And he put up some great numbers, but he shot a horrible percentage. They made it tough. Last year, they made it tough. Then he figured them out. <laughs> he figured them out, but they made it tough nonetheless. This saying to make it tough and not be fearful does not mean I say if you do that, you can beat him. But one thing is for sure. If you don't play that way and if you play fearful, you will not beat him. Period. You won't even be close. Think about it. LeBron has played 30, he's won 33 games now. He's lost four in three seasons against the Eastern Conference. 33 and four. If that was a regular season record, he would be on pace to break Golden State's record all time. 33 and four with very little resistance. And if he continues at this pace, he'll be 36 and four. A 40-game stretch where you lose four to the Eastern Conference. And even the games he lost, even the games he lost, took one Derrick Rose buzzer beater off the glass. I mean, granted, LeBron hit another one later in that game. But it took a Derrick Rose buzzer beater to get one of those losses. Last year when he lost to Toronto, we never thought that series was in doubt, even when it was 2-2. You got to make things tough. And if you're not, and you're going to just continue to try and have this admiration for him, which I respect you need to have that, but not while you're playing him. Like like Isaiah Thomas said today, he laced, laced their, they laced their sneakers up just like we do. But if you guys are going to keep admiring him and saying we can't win because they have LeBron, then everybody in the Eastern Conference needs to sit their ass down and become a fan like the rest of us. Hey, man, I've been Leon West. If you stay here for the entire show, I appreciate you. I promise you I do. Let me know who you are if you listen to the entire podcast. If you're watching this on YouTube, you're watching it on Facebook, if you're liking, you're sharing, you're subscribing, once again, I am very very thankful. So once again, this is Leon West. Whatever time you are listening to this, I would like to thank you for listening. Good morning. Good evening. Good night. I'm out, people. I'm your host, Leon West.